Good evening, my dear church family. It's an honor and privilege to be here tonight, to stand before you, to bring God's word. My opening passage, let's turn to Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. A familiar passage to most, uh, but I thought it'd be appropriate uh, for tonight's lesson, uh, which is essentially my testimony. Um, And it starts about uh, six years ago. I had a conversation with uh, two dear sisters in Christ. And during that conversation, the first sister asked me, Brother Sam, what is your testimony? I responded by saying, what do you mean, my testimony? She then followed and said, how did you come to accept Christ? In that moment, I knew in my heart that I was saved. Uh, But at the same time, I couldn't uh, recall the exact moment when I asked Christ into my life. Then the second sister that was with us, she chimed in and said, I was in your position once, and there was a time in my life that I couldn't recall the exact moment when I gave my life to Christ. And then she continued and encouraged me to pray about it, just as she did. Eventually, the Lord made it clear to her when she gave her life to Christ, and she was confident that he would do the same for me if I asked through prayer. So from that day forward, I prayed, I made my petition. I asked God to help me remember the moment when I gave my life to him. Spoiler alert, he came through, and not in a small way, but in a big way. Because over the last six years, he took me on this journey, and he revealed to me how he orchestrated various events in my life that would eventually lead me to Christ. Tonight, I would like to share my testimony with you by speaking on three life events that God revealed to me. And these life events ultimately led to my salvation. The first memory God gave me was a moment in 1995 when my two younger brothers and I were huddled together in my parents' guest room. In 1995, I was 13 years old, same age as my daughter Annabelle. My brother Paul was 11 and David was nine. Unfortunately, this memory carries great pain because in that moment, I remembered how deeply saddened and confused my brothers and I were because on that day, my parents had another argument. A year later, my parents would eventually separate and get a divorce. As the Lord reminded me of this event, my first reaction were the same emotions I felt as a 13-year-old child over 28 years ago. But then the Lord revealed to me, in that moment, my two younger brothers and I weren't alone. Through that moment, I realized that God knew me before I knew him. Let's turn to Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I, that is God, formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, made you holy. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. If you can recall, Jeremiah had some reservations about God calling him to be a prophet. There was self-doubt, fear, and even a feeling of inadequacy. But as we consider Jeremiah 1.5, it is clear that God had a plan for Jeremiah, even before Jeremiah took his first breath. As I read this passage, study it, I have to believe that there was a measure of comfort that came over Jeremiah when he heard this from God. And like Jeremiah, I'm deeply comforted by this passage. Because as I recall the emotions of sadness that surrounded that day for my brothers and I, emotions of sorrow, guilt, loneliness, as a young child, you don't know what's going on, 
Why are your two beloved parents fighting? I know now that our God had a plan for me, and he was shaping me, molding me into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, way before that day. Now that's love, saints. And the feelingness of loneliness for me is no more. Years later, during my first year of my master's program, I took a trip to New York to visit a friend of mine. And during that trip, I would visit the home of my dear Aunt Maria, who I viewed as a spiritual leader of my household. For those of you that are unaware, Maria was the youngest sister to my father. She was the best aunt and nephew could ask for, with so many endearing traits. But looking back now, I appreciate her so much because she was always ministering to others, including me. One night, as I was getting ready for bed, my aunt approached me and asked me a simple but profound question. Sam, if you knew you were going to pass in your sleep tonight, do you know in your heart that you will go to heaven? I responded and said, I don't know, but I hope I did enough to get to heaven. Like the good aunt she was, she then asked if she could pray for me, which I said yes. I didn't accept Christ that evening, but I'll say that the seed was most definitely planted. As believers, we know, recognize, and have accepted that we can never do enough in this life to earn our way into eternity. But to the unbeliever, they think there is a way without Christ. And as we minister to the unsaved, we should be sensitive about this. Let's turn to Proverbs 14, verse 12. Proverbs 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Much like the response I gave to my aunt that night, I thought I had a way, and through my own efforts, my own works, I can earn salvation. Boy, was I so very wrong in this thought, and I know that now. And looking back at that moment, I imagine that it was a heavy burden that I was carrying. As a believer today, this passage from Proverbs lays down a fundamental truth, that we are all sinners, and without Christ, we have no hope for the future, but eternal separation from God. Understanding God's love, it pains me to think about eternal separation, but it also compels me to share the gospel with others. Thankfully, we know there is another way, and the only way to salvation. Let's turn to Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. And for this passage, I'll be reading the text from the New American Standard Translation. For by grace, you, Sam Kim, have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Let's make sure we're on solid ground here. Turn to 2 Timothy 1, verse 9. 2 Timothy 1, verse 9. Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Amen. A year later, I can recall having a phone conversation with my mother, who at that time was trying to rebuild her relationship with me. I was living up in Greeley, Colorado, um, and in a dormitory called Wilson Hall at that time. I don't remember the details of that conversation, but I can vividly remember how I felt emotionally. And saints, how I reacted that evening over the phone is something that I'm not proud of. Evidently, the words I used to speak to my mother even startled my roommate, who was in the other room in her apartment. 
He came into my room after my phone conversation had ended and asked if I was okay because he had never heard me say the things I said to my mother to anyone before. As the Lord reminded me of this moment, I could recall other moments in my life leading up to that phone call. What occupied my heart before Christ was anger. I was frequently upset, and like a lost soul, I walked the earth for a good portion of my young adult life with a chip on my shoulder, waiting to get into an argument, or better yet, cut someone down with my words. For many years after my parents' separation, I felt an emptiness inside, and I was constantly trying to fill the void with anger and bitterness. Turn with me to Ephesians 4, verse 31. Ephesians 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. As Paul called on the saints at Ephesus to put away all bitterness, wrath, anger, evil speaking, and malice, on that evening, I felt the Holy Spirit put on my heart to do the exact same thing. It was time for me to let go of that pain and replace it with something lovely and tender. On that evening, I realized that there would be no end to my personal suffering, the loss that I felt if I didn't turn my life over to Christ. So in my bedroom... I got on my knees and prayed. Lord, I don't like how I'm feeling. The feeling of anger in my heart. So if you can take away this pain, I am yours. As God reminded me of the events that evening, he also answered the prayer I made six years ago and revealed to me that this was the moment when I gave my life to him. The story doesn't end there. My brothers and sisters, I have a confession to make. still feel anger. And at times... I give in to my flesh, emotionally react, lash out. But the difference of Sam today versus a Sam 18 years ago is that I'm a new man in Christ. And because of him, I, we, have the ability to overcome sin. And through submission, anger for me no longer has a place. It doesn't hold on to me anymore. But instead, I now have peace and joy in my heart. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And he, that is Christ, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I, that is the Apostle Paul, will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We should never boast about ourselves in a prideful manner or even talk bad about ourselves, which can also be another form of pride. But we should have our testimony at the ready, grounded in Scripture, and be prepared to boast what the Prince of Peace did for you, for me. Christ alone can redeem us. He can cleanse us. He can heal us from all sins that once ruled over us. Let's turn to Titus 2. Verse 14, Titus 2, verse 14. Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every, every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And lastly, turn with me to Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, verse 15. 
And for this passage, I'll be reading from, again, the New American Standard Translation. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. My dear brothers and sisters, we have been commissioned by the Almighty to spread the gospel message, which includes our own testimonies. May we be like his disciples and share with the world what Christ did for us. And through our testimony, may we point others to Christ, our Savior. In closing, I would like to recite a line from one of my favorite hymns that captures how I feel about the testimony I shared tonight. I'm sure this is a familiar one for most. The line is from, It is well with my soul. Verse 3. I won't sing it, but I will recite it. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. And I, we, bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I pray my message was received in encouragement to you all. God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters.